When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. BWI is live. Blue White Illustrated on YouTube here. Chat about Penn State football. Uh, Nate Bauer with me right now. Sean Fitz joining us in just a little bit. Uh, kids are always a situation for you guys. So appreciate true. every time you guys true. are working with me to be here on the show. I'm, I'm grateful for it. So excited to have you. Excited to have Fitz in just a little bit. And excited to have our awesome viewers, listeners, people on the podcast version. But, of course, you're live on the show on Wednesdays. We do the mailbag. We got a hefty mailbag today. So we'll be getting to that later in the show. A couple of things to talk about here at the beginning. But, Nate, um, last couple of days of freedom. We are down, I think, now into the single or single uh, digits. No, double digits. Still in the double digits before uh, training camp officially starts at the end of the month. So what are you doing with your last few gasps of freedom? Yeah, I was- I was going to say freedom, man. This is, this is intense. Um, <laughs> well, you know, this is, I, honest, I, I yeah. lock in, I, I tell my, my, my family and everybody like once football starts, don't count on me to be anywhere. So I, I, that is, that is why I think in my mind, I say it know, that way, but you I, were saying, I still maximize some of the weekends in August. You know, that's a, that's a time where before the games start, I, I try to, uh, Cause look, there's, there's family here and right. It's uh, once it gets into September, that's, that's it. I mean, the weekends are, are shot really, except outside yeah. of the bye weekend. So uh, no, my wife and I are, are going to celebrate our, let's count the numbers, eighth anniversary coming up here. Love you, sweetie. Uh, you know, so we're, we're doing that here in a, in a couple of days and that's, that's it. That's, that's the, uh, the, maybe as you're saying the last hurrah for the summer, but, um, no, I'm still, I'm still enjoying it. It's still July. Let's, let's not, let's not rush into this. Let's you're giving me a panic attack over here. Sorry. Uh, it just, that's how my brain works. It's like, what's the next thing. And the next thing on the list is well, football, football's happening. Um, we got a lot of great stuff to talk about today. Quickly, this is something off the top with some Penn State news that happened. I believe this was last week this happened. But Rob Smith, former, I uh, believe, defensive coordinator for Duke, joining the team in an analyst role. So these things, I think, are very um, elusive for us in terms of the viewing community. You as an insider, like how how many more of these moves are left? If there are any left, is this a last minute move? And is Penn state whole on the analyst side with all the movement they have, they've had this off season. You know, I think it's important to frame the conversation about analysts in the same way we frame the conversation about NIL. There is no hole. 
there there is you're only shooting for more it's it's okay. always right so it, there are never enough people there's never enough input insight that you can can glean and if there are talented individuals out there that are able to help your program then that's what you're shooting for you're, you you hope that it's a fit and can can work uh find a way to bring that person into your organization i mean i i don't I, that has never that has always been my perception of, of what yeah. that is uh, that's kind of what i meant yeah there's so, a finite budget i think in terms of how how much you're you're willing to spend as an organization yeah. but yeah uh, sure if there if there are more out there i would not be surprised to see more coming uh through through the rest of the summer and into the season so that's that's kind of what i was uh, driving at is we we never know the number we never know the the plus minus in the off season because it's sometimes yep. can be hard to track. So my question to, I guess that it was a twofold question. Are they at the numbers they were last year or more? And, and how does this, does this represent adding more to the staff for 2023? Because as we've talked about, um, there's no shortage of staff members at some of the other programs that Penn State's trying to play catch up with. So how does, how does this relate to the overall landscape uh, from your your numbers and figures. Yeah, I can't, I, I don't have an answer for that, for that specific part. Like, right. are they, are they at, do they feel comfortable with, I don't think you ever feel comfortable. That's, I, I guess that's my point is, is, uh, is it exactly the same as it was last year? Certainly there, there was some turnover uh, in the analyst department last year. You, you saw, um, you know, certainly like Dion Barnes, right. Went from an analyst role to, becoming a, an assistant coach. So um, there, there were pretty clearly people in those analyst roles who moved on or changed roles, what have you. Um, some of whom were replaced and others, uh, you know, I, I think that you're still out there looking to fill, but yeah, is it, is it a one-to-one -one from last year to this year? I don't think that's really the question. The question is, is it what James Franklin wants, right? right? Is that, is that where it's at? And I'm, We'll ask Greg to uh, to ask that of him in Indianapolis next week at Big Ten Media Days. Whew, Big Ten Media Days coming up next week. Of course, we'll have coverage from there. Uh, Greg will be giving us a breakdown of what's going on, his recaps from the day, both at bluewhiteillustrated.com and here on uh, the show. Mike here in the chat says, pod last night at 7 and this morning at 10. This is the amount of content I'm looking for. Uh, quick, I will admit, it was a quick turnaround. This morning I was a little groggy getting up like, whew. Like uh, it's like the sixth round of a boxing match, even though I've never been punched in my life. That's how it felt. Josh, though, says great interview last night with Curtis Jacobs. If you want to check that out, we did an exclusive live interview with Curtis Jacobs. He answered fans questions here on the YouTube channel. Thanks to everybody who came out last night. So if you're watching this video and you've got some time today, make sure you check that out as well uh, with that that interview we did yesterday. And of course, wherever you get your podcast, you can uh, pick it up there as well. Um, hoping to have him back in just a little bit because as he said last night, this is his favorite YouTube show and he is our favorite Penn State player that can come on whenever he likes. So we're going to keep that door open and we'll be working on getting him back on the show. Um, the next thing I want to talk about here with you is... Um, our thing we're doing today here, which is if you, I wrote this yeah. article last week. Yeah, I, I thought this was it. a fun, I thought we, we've got some things that we want to talk to Fitz about. We'll get to yeah. that in just a little bit, but right now we're going to skip ahead. We're going to talk about uh, the main thing from the show today. 
uh, which is the uh, the the topic of today. Which former Penn State football players would you add to the Penn State roster for 2023? But before we do that, and I know that I'm jumping all over the place here, but this is important that we get to this, and that is today's sponsor on the show, My Perfect Franchise. My Perfect Franchise is uh, Andy Ludicky, his company, where he is a franchise consultant that can help you find the next path in your life. Are you a displaced corporate executive? Or maybe you're somebody who wants to put your career in your own hands, where you want to dictate your terms of freedom, of your ability to make money at your pace, and to have the flexibility to raise a family. All these things are really important, and having the right income streams are critical to all of those things. So, Andy can help. Andy's a huge college sports fan, franchise veteran, so he is like you, and he loves college football, so he's going to be able to relate to you and understand where you're coming from, from at least one aspect. He's a lifelong message board member uh, from Rivals all the way to On3, and he knows the people that we're talking to here. So if if you're looking for this situation and you want to find somebody you can trust, somebody who knows your life experience, um, using his expertise, he helps other Americans find their American dream through a very thorough consultation and evaluation process. Call Andy and put your career in your own hands. 100% free to you, by the way. So what do you have to lose by giving him a call? Talk to him. He seems like a great guy. He uh, talked us through how the whole process works. It's not just about putting you into a situation with another company and then that's it. He wants to know who you are. He wants to vet you for your experience, your expertise, your financial availability. All that stuff happens uh, through the consultation process. So give him a call if you're watching here, 404-973-9901. Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. And again, for people listening on the podcast, 404-973-9901. For you guys watching here on the YouTube channel, you've been uh, looking at it for like a minute, 30 seconds there. So I, 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 I'm confident in your reading skills that you'll be able mm. to find Andy wherever. By the way, you can talk to him on the message board if you're a member of, uh, of the BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Great time to sign up. Another great time to remind you, sign up for BlueWhiteIllustrated.com right now because... The season is almost here. You're going to want that inside information from uh, Nate's uh, basketball stuff, his insider front office things. Fitz, no one's better at getting information about the Penn State football team heading into a very critical time. Ryan with recruiting, and of course, Greg with his reporting. I do my film breakdowns we can check out. Those are all exclusive content at bluewhiteillustrated.com. And like the video. I know this is a pretty long thing here. Like the video and subscribe here to YouTube. But let's now get on to it. Can I, I, wait, I filibustered I, long enough. No, I, w- I want to add to it, though. There's We okay. actually do have a promo for people who are interested in uh, subscribing to the site. Uh, if you use the promo code WEAR2023 or 2023, depending Ooh. on how you're reading it, uh, <laughs> you get 25% off your first year. So nice little discount there for, for folks who are interested in joining us. Give That's it to it. us again. We are W-E-A-R-E. Two zero two three. All Put that right. in the promo code box, and uh, you get twenty five percent off. So, twenty five percent off is a deal. That's pretty great. Do it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty four seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So, if you're going to add somebody to the roster for 2023, Nate. Yeah. Any, I, I had this in the James Franklin era, but it was yeah. fun for fans that wanted to go back further, say... You know, however long back you want to go, add a player to the roster. Who are you adding to the Nittany Lions roster for 2023? Wally Triplett. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's a running uh, back, right? You know, I, I'm going to play the fifth year. My Penn State history is not, uh, I'm going to disappoint a lot of people out there, but yeah, I, th- I think so. I think you're yeah. a running back. <laughs> um, no, uh, look. I think that receiver is a question for me going into the season. So if I, if I have to pick, I, I mean, I will actually keep it to under Franklin and go with okay. Chris Godwin and Jahan Dotson. Cause I think both of those guys in a Penn state uniform this season uh, would Ooh. be. So you're, uh, you're, you're going to yeah. take your defensive options and you're mm-hmm. going to load up at receiver with Chris Godwin and Jahan Dotson. You know what? I mean, I'm, I'm cheating anyway, because I actually have three and my third, can I, can I do my third sure. already? Sure. Jordan Stout. I think the de- I think Penn State's defense is going to be very good this year. Like, and I'm not saying that there aren't areas that could improve or be better, but of the things that I see for this team that really give me pause and say what could what could prevent them from reaching the the heights that people are hoping for uh, this season, it's not a defensive tackle. Honestly, like I I, I just. I don't see that. And then through the rest of the lineup Mm -hmm. uh, on the defensive side of the ball, like I think they're, I think they are a top 10 type defense with or without a past all American on the defensive side of the ball on the offensive side of the ball. I'm not sure I can say that. And so that's why if you can add two all Americans in a Godwin and a Dotson, then yeah, I think, I think you are uh, very much in business. So, Christian uh, is going with you and saying Chris Godwin, and he's not even going that far on defense. And he's adding Joey Porter Jr. back into the mix. I mean, then you're four deep at corner there. Um, but that's, I think you're, that's you're a pre- wasted pick, Chris. Right. <laughs> like you've you, got, you're also you've preventing growth really on the team, right? So you're preventing some growth on the team by bringing back Joey Porter Jr. Uh, when you got Cam Miller as a young, talented player. You, you just, you need, you need a like plentiful game breaking receivers. If you, if you have that, like you have two, what I would consider first or second team, all big 10 cornerbacks. Like that's what you already have on your team. So don't spend your pick on that, Chris. I'm sorry. I just, well, Eric's coming back with another defensive end. Larry Cuban, once the all time Penn state sack, the pride of union, New Jersey. (laughs) Whoo. I mean, there, there's there's being talented at a position, and then there's just being overkill. Penn State's defensive ends, I think most people see them as a top 
two, three unit in the country, and we're adding more pass rush. Uh, I mean, there are no wrong answers here. There are yeah, just some that make uh, me scratch my head just a little bit. Got a lot I, of great stuff here in the chat. I do think I do think Jordan Stout though would also be uh, that kicker would solve, or punter, uh, whatever. Just the, okay. the player. You're, I mean, I'm, I'm allowed to add a player, so they can use him however they want. But certainly as a punter, I think his effectiveness would be. What's more valuable knowing you're going to have a good defense? Punter to me. Yeah? You, yeah. So here's here's another thing I, I wrote about. I don't really care about three week. points. I want seven. I want, I want right. seven consistently. I, I don't. Does the lack of an assurance at kicker, like if you had a big-legged kicker that could go from 55 and mm -hmm. consistently, let's say, 65 70% higher from 55, do mm -hmm. you think that's better or worse for Penn State in terms of what you just said, being more aggressive at midfield, going for it, or, and, and trying to get points? Do you th and, and knowing your defense is really good, so you feel confident that if you're at the 40-yard line, you're you feel okay going for it which do you think it is almost at some point retroactively a negative to have like a really good kicker for the offense uh i don't know about a negative you're never going to turn down points i just i just think i i don't know i'm going to go down a well that i don't want to go down but it do it's it. like a it's a loser mentality you, you don't like kick field goals get touchdown like if they're stalling at the 35 yard line all the time, then that's, that's bad football. That's not what you're going for. That is not yeah. the objective of the game uh, in, in today's college football. Like you might be 10 big 10 teams doing that. And that's fine. Maybe that makes you happy. I, I don't think that that's what Penn state fans want. I think Penn state fans want a college football playoff appearance, big 10 championship, what have you. And to do that, you are not going to get locked into a field goal kicking contest. Yeah. I, here's the other thing that's interesting. With look the, at Ohio with, State. Look at Michigan. Look at the way that those games have played out over the last couple of years. You need touchdowns. Three points isn't going to solve the difference in, in some of those, those games. The other part of this is Penn State last year was 70% converting on third down. So it's not like it's 70% it, of the time you're getting a first down and the short yardage running game, the the packages that they've put together, you want to use those. Like you're not going to be going for on fourth and seven, but if if you're considering going for it and it's fourth and and short, and I'm considering short maybe three and in and not just fourth and inches, that's an advantage for that's that's an area where Penn State should be stronger this year as well. So I yeah. find that to be an interesting conversation about the kicking game is important and like Last second field goal to win a game. Sure. Penn State doesn't have that guy on the roster, but hopefully for their sake, they're scoring so many points that it's not a part of the conversation. Well, and we don't we don't know. I, I mean, I think that's a, the key element to this is like I, I have no idea how, um, you know, Sanders Sahadek or Alex Falcons. Like, I just don't know how those guys will perform. You don't know what they're going to do under those conditions. We just we haven't seen it before. And they haven't either. So Kevin is coming in with a receiver, but not one of the ones that you suggested. He's going all the way back to Bobby Ingram. And he's also adding Jared Audrick. Audrick is interesting. Um, mm -hmm. You know, most people have gone with uh, Austin Johnson 
you know, what is your temperature of the defensive tackle room given some of the not update updates we've had recently with all the positivity around some of the guys taking steps this year from we've heard positive things about Devon Elise. We've heard yeah. Jordan Vandenberg, you know, Caleb Artis, Kazai Izzard. Yeah, I mean, Curtis Jacobs yesterday on the show was talking about um, young guys we aren't even talking about, like Jordan Vandenberg and Caleb Artis being part of the conversation taking a step this year. So, so yeah. you, that's why you're moving all offense. You think that they're going to be okay at defensive tackle. I don't need Jared Audrick. I, I don't know if it's that they're okay. I think that there's, I think they have players. They have players there who intrigue me. Zane Durant being chief among them uh, mm -hmm. of guys who look, how many teams are you going to play that are just going to like s relentlessly exploit the middle of the field? Uh, through, through the running game, right? Uh, yes, you saw it with Michigan last year. Uh, there were problems. <laughs> there were problems in how Penn State handled that. Um, I, I don't know that that's as important as the ability to rush the quarterback and make the quarterback uncomfortable. And to me, yep. that's what Zane Durant does. And that's what they have at defensive tackle is they do have guys that are quick and twitchy and all, all the buzzwords that uh that everyone likes they can yep. do those things and that's what i am most interested in seeing in terms of its effectiveness this season uh at those at those uh at those spots on the interior now we've talked about and you said explosive get as many points as possible Mm -hmm. And I don't think this name has come up enough. I didn't mention this name. I didn't consider this name. And I think a lot of people think that that's the right answer. But if you want to say be as explosive as possible, Henry Mail comes in with Saquon. <laughs> not only does he not have a contract right now with the New York Giants, he's available. Uh, he's also the most explosive player you could add to the roster. Literally the one-two punch of Nick Singleton and Saquon Barkley is one of the best in college football that you could create. And that's no disrespect to Catron Allen. It's just Saquon Barkley and Nick Singleton. We compare those two to each other. So is that redundant? Or or you, master offense coordinator Nate Bauer, are you coming up ways to get both those guys on the field? I, I just see this. The, the, the proposition is value, right? It's yeah. what, what are you maximizing? That's not a maximization of one of your two picks. You, you just, I mean, this is silly, but I, I just don't think... You, you, you don't you don't need that. You have two running backs that are all Big Ten running backs. Like you're you're good. You're good. Nick had thirty touchdowns last year of thirty or more yards. I mean, it, it's uh, okay. He had twelve for the year, but I'm just saying a bunch of those were for thirty or more yards. Like he's yeah. he's explosive. He's got that covered. You're good. Yeah, I think I'm just intrigued now because I hadn't really considered it until we're sitting here chatting on the show that you could use. You could use Barkley as a multi-dimensional threat, like put him in the slot, find out different ways to use him. I I don't know how effective it is, but it would be super interesting to watch. On the flip side of talking about redundancy, DJ says get Micah Parsons, LeVar Arrington, and Abdul Carter. Go all 11s across the field. I don't think yeah, legally like you can that. have them all on 11, <laughs> but that would be an interesting trio at linebacker for sure. Hey, use your imagination, guys. I, I like it. I'm yeah. sure. Whatever works. 
Uh, so if you want to check out the article, bluewhiteillustrated.com, we had a great conversation online. It's a message forum uh, about that, kind of what we just had here, which I think was uh, pretty fun. want to move on to the next thing. I do want to talk about the, the interview last night with Curtis because there were some interesting things that we can have a conversation about. So, um, Nate, I'm going to turn it over to you yeah. so that I'm <laughs> not interviewing go. myself. How'd it go? Tell me what, tell me what, uh, I was, uh, taking care of uh, two small children, putting them to bed for the evening. But, uh, I, I, uh, I was scanning through on my phone and saw, uh, Curtis's facial reactions and it looked like he was smiling for most of the conversation. So I'm yeah. assuming things, uh, things went swimmingly. Yeah. We, we met his dog, uh, Pitbull. I think, oh, nice. I think his, uh, her name was, Z- I think it was Zaza was his, uh, is Pitbull's name. So she was part of the show. I always love getting uh, the the ancillary characters on the show. Um, I, I'd say it was it was interesting to get his read on a lot of this stuff outside of football, um, talking about how yeah. how it how it is to be great, how it is to be to <laughs> kind of the, the journey he's been on this offseason of coming back and, and wanting to improve and and the steps it takes and the, the focus it takes to become very good at football. So that was one thing. Uh, the second thing that stood out to me is just how good of a guy he is in terms of he's a really introspective, thoughtful person. And when we were talking about random subjects, he'd bring up like paying it forward to the young linebackers and making sure they understand what it takes to be good and making sure that he's an example of those things and, and wanting to, you know, wanting to be a part of that kind of cultural um, legacy. And, and just talking about like giving back to the community, doing things that are impactful from an, a non-football perspective. So he, he just, it sounds like saying the right things, but he comes up in a way that's like, I didn't ask him about giving back to the community. I didn't ask him about, you know, thanking the fans those are things that he just naturally did I, I just i respect that a lot and i think it goes into what makes a person successful you know height weight speed all those things are important to play football those are prerequisites but the thing that happens at this level is when you have all those skills those aren't the differentiating factor the differentiating factor is how do you apply them and how do you apply yourself to your craft and and i think he's a great example of somebody who I'm expecting a big season from because he's he's had the time to do all of those things to make himself the best he possibly can be and then execute this fall with all the stuff where football's kind of the end result of all of that work. Sure. He's he's actually uh he's kind of the headliner this weekend. Penn State players are participating in a free youth camp clinic. Uh, it's two hours in Scranton on Saturday morning slash afternoon. I think it runs 11 to one and we have details on our website about that. If, uh, if anybody's from the Scranton area and wants to check that out, but you know, that's the kind of stuff that, uh, that Curtis is doing. And, um, he, he's all, I mean, I've known Curtis really back to when he was in 11th grade. I think yeah. he was in, he was in a, uh, like the rivals five-star camp and was just always, I mean, he had a maturity about him, you know, back then, I mean, 16 years old, whatever, whatever that was, um, that certainly has, uh, has been interesting to watch him develop and grow. I, I felt bad for him, you know, his first year at Penn state, um, was the COVID year. Yeah. <laughs> like he was kind yeah. of thrust into a, an interesting situation there, but 
you know, certainly a guy who has, has grown and gotten better in his time at Penn state and is really looking forward to uh, maximizing this year. Did he, I mean, did he talk about that, about this kind of opportunity this season? Uh, yeah. What what's ahead this, this, uh, this coming year? Yeah. It, so the, the difficult question is always for me, from my perspective is like the things that I know he's not going to answer. So the, the main question everyone wants to know is what, um, you know, what's the lineup going to be like? What, what's the right. linebacker trio out there going to be? And one of the things we talked about is he, he got to play both positions last year, Will and Sam. And one of the things that, that he talked about was you don't necessarily get it to get into a rhythm when you're playing two positions where you see something on one drive and you go, okay, I need to adjust to that. I see what they're trying to do. He's trying to correct for that. And then he's going to play in another position. He doesn't get a chance to, to like, correct those things if they went wrong or to attack those things once he recognizes them. So, you know, we, I asked him at lift for life, like, Hey, what, what are you thinking about playing those two positions? And he said, I'll play wherever they ask me to. He gave the, yeah. uh, the mature political answer. And the first question in the chat, which happened like when I made the video and it was like four o'clock in the afternoon, somebody already put in, Hey, who's playing where? And you know, he's not going to answer that question. So, a lot of those things when it comes to his production and, and his ability and he, you know, wanting to be great this year and, and expecting all of those things. We talked a little bit about that in the NFL perspective of you are a talented football player. You've thought about going to the NFL your whole life and then you've got to make the decision to not do it. And that's kind of coming back to what I was talking about of he's a really mature, insightful, self-aware person who said, I wasn't where I wanted to be. So I wanted to come back and get better. And I think this offseason, he's done those things. So yeah. it's just going to be very impressive to see what happens there. And, and, and it's, it's just difficult to get into the, to what to expect for this fall because it's all wrapped around the personnel and the deployment of, of talented individuals that they have on the, uh, on the roster. And, I, you know, that's just something I, we avoided because I, I don't want to ask a question I know he can't answer. And that's, right. that's kind of how I treated the interview. I, I do think sometimes we get a little overly wrapped up in that side of th like who's starting necessary, right? Like Manny yeah. Diaz is going to play a ton of players. You know that it would, yeah. the evidence is there from last season. You know that there's going to be a gluttony of, of different options that they, that they play with. I mean, that's, that's really his MO in a, yeah. in a lot of ways. And so it, I, I mean, I think it's just like, how do you maximize the talent that you have? Um, you know, is it, is it by having individual players that excel in individual roles at unique times in the game, right? Unique, yeah. Like situational football defensively on a play-by-play -play basis, or, you know, do, do you have guys that can kind of cover all the bases all the time? I, yeah. That's that is one thing that I've I've struggled with, because when I'm thinking about it, it's like, oh, this guy can do everything and then I don't have to substitute. So I'm not caught in. But the I think the point is to play as many players as possible and to get as many <laughs> talented, talented individuals doing specific things very well. So that that's kind of been one thing with Manny Diaz that I've had to shift my focus of like they want to play a slot corner and a Sam linebacker. They want to play three defense vents. They want to play three safeties. It's not that they want to lock into kind of an NFL thing of like, we're going to play 11 people, never bring them off the field and be ready for any situation. Cause you know, it's a little bit different there. Um, very excited for the season. Everyone's very excited. Curtis, very excited. You're very excited. I'm very excited. 
and we want to get you to the game. So check out um, one of our sponsors here on the show, Tixman Jim. We have him uh, ready to go for the fall season, and we're excited for that. Also, sponsor of this show is RogueShop.com. RogueShop.com is an online cannabis store where you can get uh, exclusive uh, stuff here from bluewhiteillustrated.com, uh, from BWI. Use promo code BWI. That's what happens when you're trying to do a live read and add people to the show at the same time. Uh, you get to see uh, when T. Frank messes up. Go to rogueshop.com if you have sleep, chronic uh, sleep issues, chronic pain, and have maybe anxiety or stress in your life. Um, all of these things, I could say, have affected me at one time or another. Um, I've used rogueshop.com products for a little bit now to help with some sleep and anxiety issues, especially when I'm a dude that gets excited. You know, we're going at 11, maybe 12 on a scale of 10 most of the time. You have an interview with Curtis Jacobs that wraps up at 8 o'clock and you're going and going and going and you don't go to bed till 10.30. Then you got to go and be live and be bright and not make mistakes on the show today. Well, you need to sleep. Your brain needs to do the car wash in the middle of the night. If you're not sleeping, you don't perform at your best. I use the uh, Delta 9 gummies to help me do that. Um, They also have handcrafted topicals, soaps, candles, bath salts, massage oils, tinctures, any way that you feel comfortable using these products, they have a way to help you uh, integrate them into your life. They also have a 24-7 chat function where uh, you can ask anything and they'll help answer those questions. So check out rogueshop.com. Use promo code BWI for 10% off at rogueshop.com. We are going to move on now and talk about one of my favorite things, which is what you want to talk about. That's the BWI mailbag. Joining us now, Sean Fitz. Fitz, welcome to the show. Are you ready to answer questions from Penn State fans? Unless you have more outtakes of you messing up, which are fantastic. I love them. Uh, no, I'm, I'm ready for this. Uh, my answer, by the way, I'm going to go with Godwin and Austin Johnson with an honorable mention to Jordan Stout. So that's where I'm at right now. All right. I, I, that seems to be I, the I, I don't know what thing. you said, Nate. I'm sorry. I, I did, said did I, take, I, I haven't I said watched. Jordan Stout. Yeah, I you said, said Jordan, Jordan Stout. Stout. And yeah. I said it was Godwin. Yeah. Kicking's a legitimate worry this year. So, yeah, yeah. he does it all. I think. Yep. All right. Go on. Mailbag is here. Well, let's get to some of these questions from bluewhiteillustrated.com. A lot of good questions today. So, we're going to get to a couple more than we normally do. And if you've got some here, live chat, throw them in. We'll get to those ones as well. But I want to get to this one here first uh, from Psychim. Penn State doesn't lack numbers at uh, wide receiver. Beyond the projected starters, I think this is an interesting question. Who will we be talking about in November? Do you expect one of these 2022 receivers, one of these young guys, to have a late breakout in the season where the, fu- the light finally comes on now that they've had time to adjust and you know really be in the football program? Fitz, do, do you see any of these young guys that you're wondering if they'll take a step this year? I, I'm wondering on Caden Saunders, obviously, always, um, just because there is talent there. There is something to work with. And you know it seems like the first year, is was very humbling for him which is great i mean like getting getting him to where he needs to be in terms of working off the field in terms of getting everything squared away and i think he's got an opportunity there i think it's most interesting when you talk about receivers how they're going to do this like with keandre lambert smith is he going to be the slot guy does that if he's 
you know, if you're playing him outside, does that open it up for Saunders? Does it open up for Liam Clifford, another young guy that's got a, a lot of talent that uh, that we're looking at here? So I think those two guys, Saunders, Saunders and Clifford, because of the opportunity that they have, are, are two guys that you could see coming along. Um, in, in terms of 2022, um, you know, Anthony Ives got a ton of talent. Is he is he ready to go yet? I don't know. Uh, Christian Driver, obviously, he's got some bloodlines, but I don't know if he's ready to go. Tyler Johnson, I don't think he's ready to go. So um, out of those young guys, those are the ones I see stepping up. Now, we kind of put Amari Evans in that, that I don't want to call him first tier, but in that right. other bucket where he's kind of uh, your first four of your starters right now for the most part. Um and I think he's balancing right in that in that mix, though. So out of those younger guys that we don't talk about, putting Evans in another category, I think that, that Saunders and Clifford are the two that I, that I would watch the closest. Where do you see Ivy playing? Because um, I, I, he's got a really interesting skill set. High school, he was a really good deep receiver. Um, but size-wise, he could play in the slot. He could play outside. Just your opinion, where do you think, you know, if you're projecting that conversation, if he's a talented guy that could break out, is he a guy that could help on the outside? I think he kind of reminds me of Keandre, like in terms of a guy that you probably start in the outside, move him inside if necessary, but probably like, probably not, probably in the outside. Um, so he's, he's, he's talented. He's athletic. Um, it's about bringing it together, getting the playbook down, all that kind of stuff. You've got a new position coach. So feeling that out and seeing how that goes. So I, I think it's probably treat him like Keandre was treated in his younger days. There are guys ahead of him that will dictate where he can be the most effective, I think. Nate, I'm going to come to you with this question. This is, uh, I think, perfect for what we've been talking about on the show today. Scott says, should we be worried most about special teams? Penn State fans. Bad special teams can create a season where maybe a 10-win season out of an 11-win season. Nate, are -hmm. you worried? I I guess scale (laughs) 1 to 10 here, what's your worry level about special teams? Uh, Listen, I'm not a worrier. Uh, That's not... That's not my nature, <laughs> but um, no, nah, I mean, I think, I think of, of, of the concerns that Penn state has this off season, right. The, the, the big unknowns. I, yeah, for sure. I would put special teams uh, near the top of that list. Right. Is, is it, is it like seven, uh, eight panic button? No, I don't mm-hmm. think so. I think that Stacey Collins has, has demonstrated that he is a capable special teams coach. I mean, it's just a matter of, are you going to feel like you have a weapon at special teams outside of Nick Singleton? I'm not sure. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I think that that's a fair way to, to say, it. do you, do you have a punter that you can rely upon every game to do that? And, and frankly, that was the question last year too, right? Like we, nobody went into last season saying, Oh, Barney and Moore's the guy like Barney yeah. and Moore is going to pin everybody inside the five yard line. That wasn't really the circumstances. So see what happens. You, you know, I, I just think that you, you have, he's, he's going to have some tough decisions They're, They are going to have some tough decisions this off season of that, you know, base question of talent yeah. versus consistency, right? Is, are we are you going with there? Fitz, are we too worried about the quarterback on special teams? Like you've got the kicker and the punter who are unbelievably important on those particular uh, teams. Right. But Penn state returns, their core special teams coverage unit, Dom DeLuca, excellent last year, coming back again. Got guys like Malik Mega, KJ Winston was a big part of that. I think you can infuse with some young talent in 2023. The lot, couple of guys that can be a part of those units, thinking about King Mack, Dakari Nelson, uh, Elia Washington. These guys have speed and size to cover kicks. Um, and what, what Nate just mentioned, Nick Singleton on, on kick returns. So on the whole, and then, 
with those two specific positions, are we are we weighing too much towards kickers when special teams is 11 people as well? <laughs> That's a funny question, because if you're following this, you you've special teams means the guys that use their feet. Like that's, that's yep. like where you, like you, you have a way of separating coverage teams. You have a way of separating return guys and things like that. And that's a very big part of it. So special teams, I think will be fine and absolutely fine. And maybe better than fine in that aspect, but it's about those guys kicking that, you know, change the scoreboard, like put points right. on the scoreboard. And right now you, you can't look at those guys and say that, that it's going to be reliable. I, I'm going to keep saying Jake Penninger was better than people think he was. Uh, he was very consistent toward the or in the middle of the season last year. Uh, kind of went wayward there at the end, but uh, yeah, they're going to they're going to miss that consistency that he held for a long, long time, and they're also going to miss his kickoffs. So, like, I think those are the things that we don't look at enough is the kickoffs. Like, I mentioned Jordan Stout a couple minutes ago. That dude was automatic in terms of getting yeah. a touchback, not putting your team at risk. Coverage teams are really, really good when they don't have to tackle anybody because the ball's going out of the back <laughs> of the end zone. So I think that that's, that's kind of where we look at it. So yeah, I, I think there is the, the concern is warranted for the guys that use their feet, the actual kickers, punters, those guys I think snapping will be fine. Uh, Duzanski's a, a pretty good snapper. So I, I think that'll be okay. But uh, it, it's, it's fair if you're a fan to weigh that to those guys, because those are the guys that you see making the difference. Like that's like, okay, um, you have a good passing game, but your quarterback's not great. Okay, well, that's going to change some things there. So I think yeah. that that's uh, that's that's what I'm looking at with special teams and um, the fact that we are in mid July and it's uh, you know I I did that piece last week of the four most pivotal or the, excuse me the five most pivotal Nittany Lions and I wanted to include a kicker. I just I don't know who the kicker is going to be yet. So that that's where we're at in mid July, figuring out who the guy is going to be, who the punter is going to be. They brought in Riley Thompson. They hope that he can be a guy. Um, Baquetta's got a ton of talent. You know, when he stepped up on the big stage last year, didn't didn't do anything with it. So there are many questions and it revolves around the guys kicking the footballs. And that's you know, that's going to be where the the hemming and hauling is going to be. So um, I think that that's really uh, the, the way to look at special teams right now, because I don't want to say take take the return team, take Nick Singleton back deep for for granted, because it's it's awesome when he can break one. Um, but that's not what people are going to be worried about. P. Danny says, hit that like button. Couldn't agree more. Thank you for uh, for mentioning that. We got a question here from David. This is one that pops up every once in a while. Manny Diaz, former head coach, excellent defensive coordinator, had a great year last year. How long can Penn State hold on to Manny Diaz? Nate, do you have, an, do you have a, any sort of like interesting answer to this? Because it's a great question that I don't think anyone really knows the answer to, but yeah. we should talk about it from time to time. Like it, It's something that should be brought up. So what do you think? I think, uh, you know, not forever, right? Like this is, this isn't a 10 year arrangement. Um, right. Like, I mean, I don't know. I I just think that, that Penn state fans culturally have, and, and not as though it's not earned, right. This, this perception of coaching being this stable coaching staff, right? Like, and, and certainly obviously over the last 10 years, it's been anything but that under James Franklin, but that's not really the point here is, is it's not about Manny Diaz being at Penn state for, um, you know, from, for more than three years, right? Like I, I would cap it at three. I would cap mm-hmm. it at three, right? Is, is he, is he going to be here this year? Yes. We know that. Is he going to be here next year? Possibly. I, I, I do think that that's a reasonable take is there's, there is, it's not a given. It's it's all dependent on the jobs that open, who shows the interests, right? I, I mean, all of those factors go into it. But the one thing that I will say in conversation with Manny is 
he obviously gets it. Like he's he's obviously a head coach. When when mm-hmm. you look at him, when you talk to him, all of all of that stuff that James Franklin does well, you see a lot of parallels in in, in Manning. And so I I think it's only a matter of time until he has another opportunity. And then for him, the the interesting dynamic that I'm waiting to see, and I will be personally intrigued by, is how discerning is he? How discerning is he in in yeah. picking the next job? Because if if you're that good, if you have that many opportunities, and I think he's going to demonstrate again this season that he is very good and has an opportunity to have a great defense, uh, are you just going to jump for the first thing that that opens? I, I tend to think probably not, but we'll see. Fitz, how how do you view this? And and with that idea of what Nate said of a three year window, is that does that affect your opinion of Penn state in 2024 or 2025 and their opportunity window for making it to a college football playoff and pushing deep into the playoff when it expands to 12 teams? I would say if you're a fan, expect two years out of your coordinators and anything you get on top of that gravy. Like I, I know your is going to go a little longer. I don't know that your has the, I mean, Manny, if you talk to him, comes off as a head coach like his conversations mm-hmm. the way that he talks about things mike doesn't come off like that and that's fine um but uh I, I would say expect two years and then and then go from there this is obviously year two i will say that the good thing for penn state is that you know his last head job uh his his baby of a head job i mean that's a perfect storm there manny diaz going to miami is yep. a perfect storm it did not go well and that's something that you know you're going to have to sell if you're a uh, another power 5 program um yes he has had a rehab stint he's done done well but like you're going to have to talk your boosters and your your donors the guys that are going to end up paying that salary that that he's ready to go and he's you know rehabilitated from that first stint because it was not pretty and Miami is is still kind of floundering off of uh, the way that 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 whole thing went down so i think that that helps Penn state and uh, it's going to be a matter of what jobs are available. He's making pretty good money. So like he doesn't have to take the temple. You know, he at one point he had to take the temple job. Of mm-hmm. course, it turned out in Miami came came through a couple weeks later. Um, but he doesn't have to take a job like that. Um, I think he's pretty, pretty stable in that uh, in that area. But I mean, the, everybody wants to be a head coach. Like even the guys that say they don't want to be a head coach. Ricky Ronnie never wanted to be a head coach until he was a head coach. Like that's yeah. uh, that's how that works. You know, you you, you, you expect two years. And then after that, see what you can get out of it. Manny has done a phenomenal job. They would love to keep him as long as it's, you know, possible. Like that's, uh, that's, that goes without saying. Um, but uh, at some point somebody's going to come calling because he's done, he's done that good of a job. And that, and that's the other thing. When you talk about that two year window, if you do good enough, you know, you'll be able to fill that position. But if you do good enough, you're, you're feeling good about your program when he leaves. So that's, yeah. uh, that's the way that I would approach it. One thing that Manny said to me uh, when I interviewed him earlier in June that I thought was telling is when you're looking at jobs, you know places where you have a chance to play good defense based on what they've done previously. And so he's, he's, he was like, it doesn't matter that a head coach might say, oh, well, we're, we're really going to stress defense. Well, have they done that before? <laughs> is, it, is it a program that has traditional success playing defense? And if like the no answer is no, it doesn't matter how good you are. Sorry, what's that? I don't think you heard that. I said like Northwestern? Like Northwestern, for instance. Yes, a great. Yeah. No, anyway. Um, no, but but like, do, is, that a, is that a priority? Is that a thing that, that a head coach emphasizes? Is it... Be, it I, I love this part of... <laughs> 
this part of the conversation and we don't have to take it. We don't have to take this road. T Frank, stop me where I'm at, but it's about culture. Like it's a, it's about, it's about beyond just the, the temporariness. That's not a word of the head coach, right? It's, yeah. it's what, what instilled culture do you have in how you want to play football? And yes, you can change that. You can evolve it, but he, he sees it. He saw that at Penn state, James Franklin made plain to him through prior experience that defense is something that they prioritize. They, they yeah. want to be good at it and they've been able to carry that through under him, but also it should make Penn state fans optimistic that there, there's, there's an next guy. Yeah. There's always the next guy. There's always the next guy. And he's probably going to do similar things. Culture is great when you have great players. Um, that's uh, that bottom line. Manny Diaz's defense was not the same in Miami that it was at Penn State with Joey Porter Jr. and Kalen King. Like you, you, you can you can preach and stress these things, but are you putting in the as you point out the the time and resources, the institutional effort to be good in those areas, which includes recruiting and prioritizing certain positions on defense and you know all of those things. And I think that that's one thing spinning out of this conversation, kind of to to put a button on it. Things that you and I have talked about, Nate. Penn State has put some has put commitment and backing to James Franklin with his contract and his his pool of money to hire assistants. So Manny Diaz moves on. James Franklin is good at identifying talent and fit at Penn State. I think that's pretty clear with the guys he's brought in recently when he's had his resources. He should be able to do that again. But it doesn't guarantee. This is the, the wild card is it doesn't guarantee that it's a smooth transition. We've seen even at places like Alabama, there's been dips in production and dips in talent. Uh, and, and and offensive skill because they go through guys every year. Like it's every year somebody is moving on at that place. Speaking of moving on, this came from uh, Master Hefe, Master Chief over at the site. Curtis Jacobs talking up Dante Cephas stood out to him last night. If Dante Cephas is that dude and Kendra Lambert Smith takes a step, do you think that could potentially result in Penn State having a top ten or top five <laughs> offense? Like we're 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 just gonna go right past all the other stuff. These two receivers work out fits. Top ten offense. Oh boy, um, <laughs> we took a step in that question. We took a leap in going top ten, top five. I, I don't know that Penn State has the um, the offensive structure to be in in the top ten, top five. Like there there are teams that are like good teams, but not great teams that end up being top five, top ten offenses because they're designed to do that sort of thing. Um, so I don't know. I think Penn State might be, and this is kind of weird to talk out in 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 real time, but might be too balanced to be a top five or top ten offense. Like that's so to um, your point from a statistical standpoint, they're not going to put up gaudy yardage because they're going to be balanced. They're not going to yeah. have forty five hundred yards because Nick Singleton and and Katron Allen are going to soak up some of that time. Right. And uh, yeah. on and the other thing, let's see these guys play before we put them in the top five, top ten. Like I'm yeah. I'm high, very high on Keon, probably irrationally high on Keandre Lambert Smith. Um, very high on Cephas as well, but like, I want to see him play before I make that leap. Like that's uh, I don't think that's, that's too much to ask there. They've got weapons. They got Theo Johnson there. They've got a running game. They've got an offensive line. They've got pieces in place to have a very good offense. Yeah. Um, putting them as one of the top in the country might be a bit of, bit of a, bit of a leap right now. Yeah. And uh, just following up on that and something that I don't think we mentioned earlier, one of my biggest mistakes last night was not asking a follow-up question on, on that particular thing that Curtis said about about Keon about uh, Dante Cephas, I was caught in the middle of a transition. I was trying to move on to the next thing, and he mentioned that, and I just 
I should have. We're going to talk about that with him next time he comes on the show because that was a very interesting thing he said yesterday. That I think got Penn State fans very excited. Um, next question for you, Nate. This deals with NIL. What happens mm. when a recruit signs an NIL, NIL deal or decides he wants to transfer or decommit? I know the details are always unknown in this scenario, but in generalities, Blackheart wants to know, like, how does all of this work with promises and promises unfulfilled and promises broken? Yeah. Well, what is, what does an NIL deal mean? Uh, right. That, I mean, that's, that's my first question to the question is when mm -hmm. you say signs an NIL deal, are you talking about to a collective? Because they're like, those things mean nothing. They can be a part of every collective, uh, n no collectives, whatever. Right. Like that, that's, that's a, um, it's just not, it's just not binding. Like that's not how that works. Um, and, and then it's if not it's not like joining yeah. a union or anything, <laughs> yeah, right. I okay. mean, well, right. It's, uh, I mean, even, even if you do, I, I don't think it doesn't matter in, in, uh, in terms of with a particular brand partner, certainly I'm sure that there are clauses involved in terms of, mm -hmm. um, you know, vacating the, the agreement should the kid transfer or decommit what, you know, whatever. Can this create sticky situations you. that, you know, you sign an NIL deal and then maybe you wanted to transfer and maybe you, it's financially a bad idea. Like it seems like these things could create threads that complicate the whole process. Um, or, or am I reaching here? Yeah. I, th I mean, I, I think that's a reach. I, I have not seen any okay. evidence of that uh, to date. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest about this because this is what really got Florida caught up is there's a ton of promises being made with very little recourse to actually get it from, from the player side of things, right? Like you can be promised the world, but whether it actually comes through or not, there are very few people in these arrangements who are positioned or incentivized to pursue legal action to like get follow through on whatever agreements are arranged. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's not yeah this is not how it works so um so no i i don't i don't think it's disincentivized um at, at all from transferring i you know play, players are going to do what they do um i i know i know that that's what the fan sentiment is right is that there would be more structure that you would be locked in that, that it would diminish some of the transfer portal stuff um but that's just that's just not where it's at right now could that change in the next two, three years when there's more that there is an actual union and there is collective bargaining and players are part of teams and, and maybe yeah. contracts become part of that. Sure. Sure. That, yeah. that could become a, a new reality that approaches an NFL model, but right now it's not, it's not there. This is from the chat based chatter asks, has the interior offensive line improved enough for the past few years to be able to consistently run the ball against Fitz, who, who who they need to run the ball against? Michigan and Ohio uh, State. We come back to this. I don't game. have the window open, but I'm guessing it's Michigan and Ohio State because that's the <laughs> default for every simple question that obviously yeah. has a simple answer. Um, I don't know. Like, has they have they improved <laughs> enough from past years? I mean, you you lose Juice Scruggs, and I know we said it on the uh, the recruiting show earlier this week. You're going to miss Juice Scruggs. That's how it's going to yeah. be. I mean, you recite, uh, you, you're mm, repurposing uh, offensive lines here instead of at the college level instead of resigning guys. So. Um, I, I don't know, like, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me on how they ran, uh, 
it's just a, hmm. I'm sorry. I, it's, it's not the question I'm prepared to answer. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was so, looking through total offenses with, uh, to see how far Penn state needed to go to get to a, f- a fifth and, or a top five, top 10 offense. So, I mean, I, I think they will be good. Like yeah. nobody, it's never going to be good enough for some people. Like yeah. everybody wants the 1994 offensive line. It's not going to happen. Like that's kind of, uh, not everybody, but some people want the 1994 offensive line. It's not going to happen. So um, I, I think they're going to be good enough. I think they're going to have a balance. Like I said, it's going to be more about balance than than more than just running and being successful running. You know, you, you, Nate loves to say this. People hate to hear it, but Penn State's most successful running attack is the big play. It's the home run by Nick Singleton. So yep. uh, I know Katron Allen's a great back. I think he's going to be fantastic this year. Um, but you got to have those big plays in there against those teams. And, you know, so far that that's when what that's, what's been a little lacking in the run game. I you make a great point. It's something I wrote about with the offensive line, trying to just trying to answer that question, you know, the overall, the offensive line. So going into some of the advanced analytics, which these are a little bit tough because you look at the differences in let's say yards before contact. So what the offense and the offensive line generates for the running back before he then meets a defender. How much space are they giving him? Uh, There was an improvement last year, but it was the improvement of like 0.2 yards. You know, we're talking math and statistics, so it's like percentage points better. Um, Like you said, they're not going to be getting to the point where Nick Singleton has a paved driveway to the end zone. But will they give him more opportunities for those explosive plays? I think that's really, you know, you guys are totally correct in in pointing that out. That was the biggest change last year is Nick Singleton himself eclipsed the explosive production of 2021 just on his own. So having that, that part of the game, the offensive line sets the table for the running backs. This year, I'll be interested to see how uh, the defense reacts to that and how many times they have eight, nine in the box. Uh, Poncho 570 asks this about the tight ends. Should Theo Johnson or Tyler Warren develop into the run blocker that Brenton Strange was last year, kind of an all-around player? Would this solidify Ty Howell as a tier one tight end coach, or do you think he's already there? Nate, what do you think? Ah, uh, man. I don't know what that means. <laughs> really, so, like, like developing I, talent, making guys no, I, well-rounded, all-around all players. <laughs> I, I get that, but this is this is where I always struggle. Name five other tight end coaches in college football. <laughs> you got me there. What does that mean? I I just right. I mean, maybe maybe that's something that I should know, but I I don't. And so, comparatively speaking, no, I don't. I don't know how Ty Hell uh, compares. I would just say that again, it it falls into the Manny Diaz line of the conversation. Does Penn State have an opportunity under James Franklin's leadership to play, have, like have good tight ends, develop good tight ends, uh, recruit good tight ends? Yeah, absolutely. And Ty Howell has not diminished that at all. So, it, like it, in my mind, it's it's mission accomplished in terms of what his job has been to this point in his career. But I mean, he's also a very young coach. I mean, like he's a young guy; he's got plenty of room to grow, and and I would expect that to be the case. I'll be. I don't know. And Fitz, he might more, know more about this than me, but he was an offensive coordinator at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, he was with Charlie Fisher at Western Illinois as an offensive I, coordinator. He came here as an analyst and uh, got elevated. I mean, if anything, it's just one of those things. It's like, hey, Franklin kind of knows what he's doing. I mean, he hasn't hit on all his hires, but yeah. that's 
that's one that looks better than people gave it credit for at the time. And definitely I was, I had my doubts as well. Like I, I've known Ty since he was a junior in high school. Like I, I think he's a very smart guy. He's, he's got a lot to work with. Um, and by the way, like, like T Frank was saying earlier, like you can be a really good tight ends coach if you have really good tight ends and Penn state's got really good tight ends. So that certainly helps. Um, but no, he's, he's, he's done a good job, done a really good job. And, and again, I tier one coach, like he, he's a guy that, I would assume probably just going through this in my head quickly, the lowest guy, lowest paid guy on the staff, you know, that's kind of how that, that, that works sometimes, but Charles Huff was the lowest paid guy on the staff five years ago, six years ago. So yep. um, very talented in terms of what he does. A lot of people like him. Um, and he's uh, he's one of those guys. And this is, this is not something that really matters when you're making the hire because you're looking to make the, the right hire. Um, but his ties to Penn state will make it harder for him to leave. Sure. Uh, but but that's the question, right? Is 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 he an offensive coordinator? Eventually, probably, right? Probably, yeah. So, especially if he's uh, he's done it before, there's evidence that he can do it again. Um, guys, we'll make that the last question of the day. Let's check the chat one last time. Uh, any last thoughts as we get out of here? What are you guys working on this week? Uh, preparing for, you know, we're we're like I said to start the show. We're in the final days of July, heading into August. Um, what are you guys thinking about focusing on heading forward here at bluewhiteillustrated.com, Nate? Nate's thinking uh, about golf right now. I can tell. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> about golf. No, I, I, look, there's, I got some, I got some interviews that I've been sitting on and haven't been able to quite get out there into the public yet. Honestly, and we should talk about this at some point. Our, our preseason magazine is out, uh, and all of us, the three of us here, and other people on the team at Blue White Illustrated worked extremely hard on it. So there, there's a lot of actual content from that that's going to start making its way, um, you know, whether it's repurposed or not. But, you know, we'll, we'll start to we'll start to be able to, to share some of that stuff um, that we've been doing uh, for the magazine. And if you want it in hard copy form, pick it up, check out our site and we've got links to it there. Fitz, anything you want to add? Um, yeah, I've got uh, Lash Bash coming up next week. Um, Ryan and I are working on our list um, to put that out at some point. There's a lot of uh, intriguing names coming this week. It's going to be mostly underclassmen based, but there will be some 2024s there. So uh, check that on the site. Um, check out. I, I missed the section. I don't know if you guys talked about Jordan Minor or not. Got a chance to check uh, check in with him for my magazine story on Johnny Dixon. Um, so that was good. Check that out if you get a chance. So. Um, yeah, it's a, I would go with Nate, uh, pump the magazine a little bit, but uh, also check out bluewhiteillustrated.com because it's mid to late July. So it's slow, but, uh, that dead period opens up for next week and, uh, they're going to have visitors back on campus. Oh boy. More things to talk about on the recruiting show coming up on Monday. So stay tuned for that. I'm Thomas Frank Carr, Sean Fitz, Nate Bauer. Excellent job today. That's it for us. We will be back with a special show coming up tomorrow. Uh, we'll have more details on that here on the YouTube channel. So again, subscribe so you don't miss anything because we're adding stuff as we get closer to the fall. I'm Thomas Frank Hart. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.